It's not worth winning if you can't win! Welcome, everybody, to the Cake Eaters podcast again. We have a very special episode uh, for you guys as part of our our deep dive into D1. We're tackling another movie that came out right after. I believe it came out in between D1 and D2, if I'm not mistaken. I have to double check the math there. But it is written and directed by none other than Stephen Brill, the man who wrote and directed D1. So we're keeping it in the family for this one, Heath, and it's a classic. 1995 classic. The Heavyweights. Hi. Hi, uh, Brandon. My word, The Heavyweights. Actually, I think it's just heavy heavyweights. I don't think there's a the, but we'll call it The Heavyweights just to be promo, you know, professional. The Heavyweights (laughs) with an amazing cover with the four kids holding up the guy in the sandwich. And I don't know who the guy in the sandwich is. I was trying to figure it out earlier this morning and I could not, I just, but what a cover. I didn't even realize there was a guy in the sandwich. I just thought it was a sandwich. Oh, that's There's, Lars. That's Lars. Oh, is that Lars? That's okay. Lars. I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell that that was Lars. But yeah, I, I didn't even realize Lars was in the sandwich. Uh, I just figured it was a sandwich, but yeah, I got Lars in there. Um, and yes, heavy, heavyweights, 1995, written and directed by uh, Stephen Brill of Mighty Ducks fame, and then also features uh, a nice ensemble cast, including some some ducks, some D1 ducks, as well as some future ducks, and crucial members of the cast at that. Like these are main figureheads in this heavyweight cast, and yeah. so. You know, we can we can um, kick it off with um, Carp mm-hmm. coming yes. in hot as uh, playing Aaron, Jerry. Aaron Schwartz, the the his famous portrayal is Carp. He he turns that into this portrayal in Heavyweights, where he plays Gerald J- Jerry Garner. And main Jerry character has top top billing, top billing, and he's grown up to really shed the heavyweight because oh, yeah, now if, he. If, Played like a body double for Kurt Russell, right? For the Guardians of the Galaxy, too. Yeah. If if, if you haven't seen a, a current or recent picture of Aaron Schwartz, he's looking swole. He looks great. Yeah. <laughs> he is real, no longer real yoked. Yeah. No longer no longer a heavyweight. Um, and and a real real leader of the heavyweights at camp. I feel like he really really stepped into a leadership role. Really grew into it throughout the movie. He, yeah, definitely throughout the movie. Yeah, because he starts off kind of fading into the background and uh, yeah. following the lead of of uh, Roy, who is played by none other than the famous Keenan Thompson, uh-huh. who's a, a future duck that we'll we'll come across in D two once we tackle that. Yes, and I love Roy's uh, quick little airplane interaction with Jerry, where he like oh, so cons him into admitting he's in fat camp. He's like, and that's your dad too. Why? Because he's fat. He's like, why do you think I'm going to fat camp? 
because you're fat. <laughs> like, I just, there's just so many things. It's just screams mid nineties that people would never tolerate now. Just oh, kids no, just like yeah, yeah, yeah. yelling at each other. They're fat and stuff. Oh man. It was just, it absolutely cracked me up that quick little plane interaction that those two had. And then he's like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to fat camp. And he's like, that's your dad too, isn't it, man? <laughs> like, he goes, hell no. No, because <laughs> like when they came to the plane, he was like pushing him off of him. But anyways, that was just, that was one of my that was one of my favorite that and uh, when he breaks the Lars's camera. Yeah, <laughs> when they're when they're doing, we'll talk about the the, the weigh-ins later. But man, when he bends over and breaks that camera, it's really really great yeah. stuff. But so so in addition to Keenan as Roy, we also have uh, Sean Weiss, the famous Goldberg. Who plays, yeah, who plays Josh uh, Birnbaum? I think yeah, Josh Birnbaum. That's his last name. His character's last name. Nice. Who's kind of the 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 old grizzled veteran? Yeah. At the camp, he's uh, everybody goes to him for the for the vi- advice and the you know the runaround. Yeah, so. he's uh, he he shaves right, and that's a big deal. Uh, for that's sh- he had no no business shaving. First, first guy to shave in there, you know. He gave the nicknames too, right? Introducing oh, yeah. yep. uh, Jerry as captain. Did they keep calling him captain? Yeah, no. I, I, I didn't. Think I wish so. they. I wish they would have. I wish they would have too. But they definitely. I'm pretty sure they started uh, doing just calling him Jerry. Yeah. Right? Um, and then, but sorry. And then, lastly, when Ben Stiller does the sit up fart with Goldberg, that's just. Classic Goldberg, you know, always, <laughs> always with the fart jokes, right? Like, yeah. you know, he's got the limousine <laughs> fart yeah. joke. He's yeah. got in D two. There's got when they're all so, stuck together. So many fart jokes in this in <laughs> in this movie. So fucking. Big. It was just made for like mid nineties adolescents. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. This movie, does, this movie does not not hold up to modern times. <laughs> does not, but it's still 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 a good watch. Uh, I um, loved everything about it, and like like we said, those are three really big appearances in like three main characters of the camp uh, that really held it down, and three awesome ducks. You know, Carp yep. Carp is more of a leader, and that grows into a leader of this show. Whereas in the you know the ducks, he was a little more. Yeah, uh, I wonder. I wonder why, considering he's the main character in this this other Stephen Brill movie, I wonder why he didn't come back for D two. It, it must have been. Must have been some sort of scheduling or something. I don't know. I don't know why he never came back. I thought the same thing, or maybe they just never had Carp be good enough to make it to like junior nationals. Maybe they they just didn't think that would stand up. Right, but I mean, maybe I'm trying to think. Who who else did they did they bring any terrible? I don't think so, because like Peter and Carp both got yeah, Peter and Carp are gone, and then the figure skating Tom, brother, Tom, and sister, yeah, Tommy, and Tommy and Tammy, Tammy. are gone. Je- Jesse's little brother is gone. So maybe, maybe that maybe that was it. Maybe they were just like, let's just only bring the people that we actually showed play hockey. <laughs> 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 so Carp, you're gone. So um, Carp, Carp, got but he got ex. he got this. You know, he got this role as a, as a yeah. as a nice consolation. You know. Yeah, and, and this movie is great from beginning to. I haven't watched this movie in a little bit of. Oh, it's, it's, it's been it's been like five years since, I've, since I've seen it. I may have watched it right, but like right at the very beginning of the pandemic. I, I, I maybe okay. have I maybe watched it then, yeah. but it was still a great rewatch. Like I forgot about the whole beginning of the movie, and we'll talk about it it's, in a second. It's, it's just, 
Yeah, right. it's a it like I said, it does not like joke wise, fat shaming wise. There's a there's a couple eating disorder jokes in here that don't hold up. There's <laughs> there's a lot of fart jokes that are not uh, the most mature. It it doesn't exactly uh, translate well into uh, into a 2022 world. I had yeah. to catch myself 2022 Heath. Yeah. Um, but it is still a great movie and it's fucking hilarious, especially, I mean, Ben, Ben Stiller makes this movie without Ben Stiller. It, it's probably a flop, but he fucking, he crushes it. Yeah. He, he knocks it out of the park. Um, it also fans, if you want to check this movie out, you should check this movie out. Go pull up Disney plus. Um, it's, yes, it's it, on it, there uh, it, for on Disney plus. For free, well, for free if you have Disney Plus. And if you don't have Disney Plus, like, what are you doing? Like, you yeah. got, they got the Hulu Disney Plus bundle. Like, come on, just, oh, that's just that's it. clutch. It's Hulu, ESPN, and Plus. Plus. yeah, it's I mean, it's the best bundle in the game right now. It, exactly, because now you know they're playing hockey on uh, oh. ESPN Plus and Hulu, right? That and so the, the, so I already had the Disney, ESPN, and Hulu bundle, uh, and then for last season when it, the NHL wasn't on ESPN. I, I also had a separate in it specifically NHL game pass or whatever it is where you can watch every game. Oh, nice. So, so when they switched over to ESPN, that was a blessing. Save me 120 bucks a year, dude. Oh, there you go. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, you can still get, catch some avalanche games too, who have been on a nice little, uh, nice oh, little street, they, right? they've won nine in a row. Yeah, I don't know. They and they just uh, they were playing uh, this little date when we recorded the podcast, um, but they they just played Toronto uh, last night. We're down four to one, and then came back and won it five to four in overtime. The boy, the boys are buzzing out there. <laughs> hey, look out, folks! There's an avalanche coming through the NHL right now. This is where I would I would do like an avalanche warning horn if we had any kind of production value and sound effects. <laughs> you have some heat sound effects there, there you Brandon. Go. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, but so, so uh, wait, where were we at? So so we we were just going through uh, all the, all the ducks that are in the yes. movie. Yes. Um, and then I, I, as I mentioned before, Stephen Brill, who wrote and directed the Mighty Ducks, also wrote and directed this. Guess who his co-writer co-writer was? He's, can you get a venture guess here? Just because I saw it, so I do know oh, it is cheating. None other than Judd Apatow. Yes, Judd Apatow, which is how you get the Ben Stiller connection. Um, yeah. Um. Judd, is there a greater like comedy duo than Judd Apatow and Ben Stiller? I'd be hard pressed to find. Anything. They've they've hit some home runs. They've come yeah. up with some some great stuff. Yes, especially uh, the Ben Stiller show for uh, for all those uh, early '90s sketch comedy fans. Uh, ben Stiller show was a classic. Go, I'm sure. I'm sure is you it can on watch. YouTube? I'm is sure. I'm sure there, there's at least clips, if not full episodes, on YouTube. I'm sure of it. Go look it up. It's hilarious. It's fantastic. Ben Stiller fucking crushed it. There's one. Really... There's there's one scene. Uh, there's one um sketch they do. Uh about um bruce springsteen uh it's like bruce springsteen teaching you how to count <laughs> and, oh yes i love that yeah and it's because if you ever listen to to bruce springsteen songs when he like counts into the song he'll do like one two three but he says it unintelligibly he's always like oh who 
And so Ben Stiller does a, a skit where he counts to like 50 doing that as, as Bruce Springsteen. I love that because uh, the Bruce Springsteen uh, Christmas song that he has, it's really popular. Yeah. I really enjoyed uh, jamming that out and, and trying to impersonate the boss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, but yeah, so th- those are the, the Mighty Ducks connections. You got Carp, you got um, Keenan Thompson, uh, Sean Weiss is Goldberg, and then Stephen Brill, of course. Um, so and that's Keenan Thompson is in the height of all that fame right now, too. Oh man, yeah. like it's it's going yeah. on right now for for him. Like this is some some good stuff. You remember the French dude in the bathtub from all that that character yep. that he played? Yeah. Oh man, that was I forget. I forget its name, but anyways. Yeah, but yeah, no, Keenan's in. Yeah, this is this is prime Keenan because it's it's just after all he started on all that, I believe. You have this. This rolls into D two, and then D two rolls into Keenan and Kel, which is a classic. You know, Keenan and Kel is absolutely great. I think that uh, Paramount Plus is where all that content lives right now if i'm remembering correctly that's where yeah because because that they they own nickelodeon, nickelodeon. So, so yeah all that and keenan and kel that'll be on there that's a that's a bummer that's just one thing that that's just one too many yeah can't can't do it i i i have paramount plus uh i have a subscription i'll give you i'll give you the password for it oh sweet and then i'll Maybe we shouldn't say that out loud, but I'll hit you hit you with Peacock, and you can lament with how how terrible right. they've done with WWE Network. I got I got Peacock. I'm I'm already mooching off of somebody from Peacock. I think. <laughs> okay, nice, nice, nice. <laughs> so I'll figure it out. Uh, all right. So, anyways, anyway. anyway. Um, so, okay, so so let's get into the movie here. Heavyweights, 1995 yes. classic. So the uh, quick uh, synopsis of the movie here. Um, so you have uh, Jerry Gerald Garner, who's 11 years old, lives in Long Island, New York. He's a tad overweight. He's not, I think they, they mentioned he's 140 pounds at, at 11 years old. Not, you know, he's not the fattest kid on the block. He's definitely not the fattest kid at camp, uh, but he's a little overweight and his parents are in dire need of him to lose some weight. So Jerry's parents, Maury, who's played by, uh, is it Jeffrey Tambor? Is that who plays Maury? I think it's Jeffrey Tambor. Sure. Um, from like Arrested Development. Yeah, um, the dad the, the from dad, Arrested yeah. Development. Um, so Maury uh, and then Mrs. Gardner decide to send Jerry to Camp Hope, which is a camp for overweight boys. The camp uh, is previously, keyword there, previously owned by Harvey Bushkin, who's played by Jerry Stiller, Ben Stiller's dad. Love that. And his equally kind wife, uh, Alice Bushkin, who's played by uh, Ben Stiller's mom, and... Just a fun her. wrinkle that it's his real parents. Yeah, I forget her last name, but it's Anne something. You know her if you saw her. She's a very, very famous actress. Yeah. Um, so when the Bushkins, uh, so Jerry gets sent to camp, he ends up going to camp. When he gets there, he finds out that the Bushkins have filed for bankruptcy and the camp has to be sold. And it's bought by a crazy psychotic ex, or not ex, crazy psychotic wannabe fitness instructor, Tony Perkis. Tony plans his his grand plan for this camp is to force the campers to lose as much weight as humanly possible and then turn that into a documentary, a documentary that he can then sell uh, infomercials wise to promote his weight loss system. The Perkis system. Perkis size, baby. Woo. <laughs> OK, so so then the, the campers are having a terrible time because uh, Tony has made Camp Hope a living hell for them. He's cutting off food. He's making him work out crazy, uh, and he's just a psychopath maniac. Uh, <laughs> Very so not then, chill. 
So then Jerry, uh, along with the, all the other kids at the camp and some of the counselors, uh, hatch a plan to, to take over the camp, right? So they overthrow Tony in some crazy nonsense shenanigans. And then they uh, essentially have their way with the camp. They th- you're throwing parties. They're eating a bunch of food. Then they realize, guys, we can't live like this. We actually are really fat and we need to lose weight. Um, so then they kind of have a turnaround corner. Meanwhile, the, while they're having this turnaround corner, Tony is still locked. He's locked in the cage when they overthrew him. <laughs> so they overthrow Tony. They do all this. It's, and then um, Tony breaks out. Um, he has a psychotic breakdown, gets arrested, and then they decide to keep the camp going. And they, because they need to finish the the famous, the famous and racist Apache Relay race. Yes. At the end of the movie, where they where they race uh, camp MVP, which is the art tribal camp that's across the lake. So that's that's the synopsis. There's our breakdown, Heath. Yeah. Let's get, let's let's dive into it. Before we dive into it, let me first hit you with my favorite tagline for the movie. <laughs> they never met a hot dog they didn't like until now. <laughs> Can you imagine? So, like in the movie theaters, you know what's what's out in 1994? You know, like whatever movie you're going to in 1994 is is it Alien or something like that? I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, Alien I think was was earlier than that. Maybe Aliens. Aliens. There we go. And all of a sudden, (laughs) the preview pops up for Heavyweights, and you're munching on your popcorn and your raisinets, and you just hear, "They never met a hot dog they didn't like until now." And then a big sandwich comes on there with a whole bunch of fat kids holding. Yeah, it. that should have been a it should have been a hot dog on the on the poster if they're gonna call it out. Maybe, it's, tagline. maybe it's like a Chicago dog, which I personally don't like because so there's the, pickles on it. So. so so the tagline that's on the poster is they don't run the fastest, they don't jump the highest, but they sure are getting the last laugh. Oh, nice. Okay, that's not bad. That's not as good as the tagline that they had on IMDb. I, I just don't get what I don't get. I don't get the I don't get what they're referencing with the hot dog thing. Are they is does, does that? Well, I feel is like it, is it because they t- is it because they like rehab themselves and now they're trying to eat healthier, or is it like I just don't know where they're going with that? Why See, don't they like hot dogs anymore? My thinking is like normally <laughs> they love crushing some dogs, but because Tony Perkins is kind of a hot dog. Um, oh, they don't okay. Like so it Tony's anymore. the hot dog. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. So yeah. he ru- he ruined all the hot dogs for him. I get it. I get yeah, it. yeah. It's like when I worked at the minor league baseball team and I ate a whole bunch of leftover hot dogs for an entire oh, summer. Dude. And it <laughs> took me like two years to eat a hot dog. Yeah, very yeah. similar. You can't eat leftover hot dogs. You gotta get those babies fresh. You just eat the ones that have been, you know, the day old, those day yeah, old. Yeah, you can't, no, you, if you're going to eat a hot dog, it needs to be like fresh off the, off the grill or the, the, what a, the roller, whatever, whatever they use at a minor league stadium. Listen, right now, we are getting paid like 400, $500 a month. Like we need it free hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, but still the fresh ones. No. Don't steal the, still the day old ones. So we, we got them for free. We didn't steal them. We got them for free. Well, you should have stole some food. I still I steal food all the Dale time. Pizza too. There's not it's a just, job. It's just differing personalities. There's not a job. I there's not a, a job conscience. I've ever had where I didn't steal food. Not a single one. That's why we don't have nice things, and that's why Sandra <laughs> put me in charge of tacos. 
Oh, I would have been. Oh, I would have stole so much food at tacos and more. I've been crushing, crushing tacos left and right, man. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So let's jump into some of our favorite parts of the movie. We're just going to jump into a few highlights real quick for you. Um, so, so let, let's let's wait. we we got, I have quite a few highlights. Not 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 some too. highlights. I got quite a few. So the the one to start off with is this opening scene because it's fantastic. It's a <laughs> the, classic. The, I call it pre camp. I call it the pre-camp scenes. It's a classic 90s. It opens on a classic 90s end of summer scene, right? Where, Where the bell rings, everybody's throwing everything. They're running no out of the No one does that. No one, <laughs> there's no, no one can tell me that they actually did that at the end of the year in school. Like that would not, like the prince, everyone would be in trouble. And suspend it in summer school and have to clean that shit up. Yeah, school's, out, school's over. They can't, they can't suspend me now. Oh, no way. Oh, my God. That would have never flown in Wayne America. What's that bell rings? It's the the fucking Wild West out here. You got got no no authority over me, sir. So you had hooligan shithead kids just throwing stuff all over the place? No, nobody ever ever threw. There was was occasionally like one kid. There was was occasionally one kid who would like throw a notebook, but nobody's like... Okay. Chairs and shit, you know. (laughs) Okay, good. All right, so... Keep going. And I was just like, you know, they do this all the time. And that shit. Oh, it's in every, every single movie. Every (laughs) single movie. This never happens. All right. All right. So, um, so, so, he's leaving school. The the kid that he's with has the mean people suck shirt on. Do you notice that? I I didn't notice that. I was like, yeah, that's good. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) It does. Um, yeah. So, so they're walking out, um, doesn't he like kid says something mean to him? I think, doesn't he? Uh, they just talk about I like forget. how they're not gonna do anything for the summer, just doing nothing over the summer, just yeah, gonna yeah. be you know, just a lot of sloth, you know, if yeah. you're looking at the se- seven deadly sins, a lot of sloth <laughs> over the summer there. That's um, a sloth. But Ooh. then but then they look up and his buddy is like, Hey Jerry, isn't that your bus? <laughs> Which happens so quick. The bell literally just rang. That bus yeah. was out of there, man. <laughs> It is, it is not appropriate to just take off without a kid. And so, like, somehow all the other kids were on the bus, though. So, somehow they all made it. <laughs> and, and so my, I loved this part as he's running past it. The fact that the kids in the back of the bus didn't say anything to the oh, bus no, driver no. to stop him to let Jerry on. And then the kids around him that are driving and stuff are like, oh, keep running, fatty. <laughs> oh, that's that's right. That's that's the mean <laughs> thing that gets it is yeah, when he starts yeah. running there's what he calls the fatty like yelling yeah. fatty at him and stuff right and so yeah. then that's I'm in the back of that bus i'm not i'm not telling the bus i'm not telling the stuff <laughs> oh i geez i'm, sti- I mean, I'm sticking not- i'm sticking my head out and i'm throwing pencils at him and i'm yelling <laughs> go run faster fatty you are, you are a bully, Brandon. <laughs> I cannot believe this. I can't believe I'm hearing this right now. Yeah. Okay. Um but so he misses the bus and ends up having to uh, traverse the city home. And we see him come up on a baseball field and a foul ball gets <laughs> hit over to him. And we see him try to throw the ball over the fence and just fail horrifically. And then 
He fails like doubled, four, four times. Well, he, you double down because he throws the ball twice and misses. And then he's like, okay, here's a part of the, the fence that I can just hand the ball over. And then he misses twice <laughs> trying to hand the ball over the fence because it's like maybe a centimeter higher than his hand can go. Um, really great stuff. Really great stuff. Right there. The, the baseball thing was great. And then right after that, he's walking down the street and uh, the dog walks by him and starts barking at him. And then he, he stops and barks back at the dog and then runs and then takes <laughs> off after he barks at the dog oh man that was just and then right after that he follows it up because he stumbles upon the lemonade stand yes and he has and he's, ex- dying he's exhausted exhausted grabs that pitcher and just starts absolutely crushing all of that lemonade where the girls are just horrified. Oh, it was really great stuff. Yeah. Cause that's exactly what you need. If you're an overweight fella that is, is parched and needs to be rehydrated is a good pitcher of lemonade. Yeah. Homemade, um, homemade lemonade too. And I guarantee you those girls fucking douse that shit with sugar. Yeah. That would have been great. Or like, I, I don't know about you, but like on a really hot summer day, like some orange Gatorade. Oh man, that stuff to me is like the well, like, ultimate yeah. third. Like if like yeah, the, well, the, the mixed one in like a big jug. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But the, I mean, that's meant that's meant to rehydrate you. You're yeah. not getting rehydrated on on sugar filled lemonade. That's not helping. If anything, if anything, he's killing himself quicker. Well, I was just. Saying that on a hot summer day on a long walk, orange Gatorade is my favorite brand. Eh? Yeah, I get that, but I'm, I'm saying that's it's completely different than lemonade. Well, you're right. <laughs> Don't hate on my Gatorade story. I was, I was, I never liked orange. I was always uh blue or yellow. Those were my, those were my okay. go-to. That's, especially that makes sense. You're especially red. Red's great. Well, yeah, red, 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 just it always it uh stains your tongue though. That's the only bad yeah. thing about the red. Um, but if you can get your hands on light blue, that's that's the top flavor right there. Glacier, like to, glacier freeze, I think is what it's called. I'm Ooh. super weird, and I like am obsessed with like the lemon cucumber ones. Have you lemon cucumber? I don't think I've ever had that. Yeah, one. they're lime cucumber ones. Hmm. Yeah, those are if you can find them. I just got some here in uh, the Croker in Savannah. Yeah, I like the 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 frost flavors i think is, is what glacier freeze is where it's the light blue yeah. they also have a a white one frost flavor that's called like cherry it's cherry some but it legitimately tastes like an icy it's you know great. what i can't like a, like a cherry icy it's it's crazy i you know what i can't drink anymore out of all those is blue powerade that just tastes like college hangovers <laughs> and like yeah, yeah. throw up you know that's just Man, blue Powerade. You couldn't pay me to drink that shit right now. This is <laughs> it just tastes like hangover barf um, for, yeah. from from college. But anyways, so <laughs> that's that's one of my like that was just a great way to start the, oh, yeah, the, the movie the, and then the pre-camp scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, oh, fantastic. it's so good. And, and then, then so then he walks it. So he gets from the lemonade. He walks into his house and his parents. This is where the parents have sprung. The, the camp hope on him right so they have yeah. a, a recruiter a camp recruiter yeah. is that, yeah, what, is that who roger so. is because we never Ro- see him again after no he, recruits. he just he just goes goes to the people's houses plays him a video and then gets him yeah. to sign up yeah <laughs> like i don't oh. know how we can target these fat, fat kid parents who they must call i guess i get yeah he, i guarantee you his dad his dad called his dad hates hates him for being fat yeah um <laughs> 
But my favorite thing about Roger, so Roger's a recruiter, uh, and so Gary, Jerry walks in, and Jerry, so Jerry, at all day at school, he's wearing a New York Islanders shirt, okay, from Long Island, Islanders friend, obviously. So he yeah. walks in. This is 1995 when this is released. They probably filmed it in 94, you know? Yeah. Not the best time for the Islanders, right? They're, they're, they're a struggling franchise. Yeah. But so... Gary Gary walks Gary walks in and uh Roger immediately goes, Ah, New York Islanders, team of the future, as I like to call them, or something like that. Yeah, which that's exactly what he says. Which I I'm convinced that Roger and this movie then went on to jinx the New York Islanders for the next five years because by calling them the team of the future. Over the next five years, let me let me run run down what happens to the New York Islanders over the next five years. For okay, the Roger, okay. the heavyweight curse. I like this. this yes, is, the this heavyweight curse. Awesome. So heavyweight nineteen, curse. so nineteen ninety five, the New York Islanders introduce what is what is often referred to as the 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 fish sticks jerseys, right? So they they introduced a new logo, which looked like a Gordon Fisherman guy with a hockey stick in front of a net said islanders and they used like it was a navy a bright orange and then like a a cool mint teal kind of color okay universally hated um by all of the fans um now now those jerseys are like cult classics to where like collectors are trying to get them because there's just it's one of those things it's just so goddamn ugly that it's it's kind of cool yeah. Oh um, man, there's a ton of those in the NBA too. Yeah, yeah. So that was they introduced that right when this movie started. So Jinx right off the bat, right? So they yeah. get the worst. They they ended up. I think it was after two years they went back to the the old jerseys. They were like, oh shit, we're done. We can't we can't do this anymore. We got to go back. But so then, so that was 1995. In 1996, there's a guy named uh, his last name is Spanos. He tries to buy the team in 1996. And it's like a huge deal. He's buying the team. He's trying to reinvigorate them. He comes to an agreement with the old owners. Throughout 96 into 97, the deal hasn't been finalized yet because Spanos is doing some some real dodgy shit, right? Okay, all right. So then uh, uh, 1997... Uh, like the the lid pops off, right? And we figure out Spanos is a fraud. He doesn't have any fucking money. He's a freaking crazy guy. So he is forced to give control back, control of the Islanders back to the previous owner. Uh, and so there's there's a so that happens in 1997. There's a there's a great 30 for 30 about that whole thing. It's called the nice. big big shot is what it's called. If uh, get that Disney Plus ESPN Plus package, get watch that. that. Watch that 30 for 30 on the Islanders during this time, during the jinx, the heavyweight jinx. So then, so he gives control back to the old owner. The That owner is still trying to sell the team, right? So he finds somebody else who agrees to buy the team. They're going through the due diligence, right? They get to the stadium, Nassau Coliseum. The new owners, uh, the new people that are trying to buy it are like, hey, we just want to know, we just want to make sure that this stadium is safe, that it's not going to collapse on anybody, right? And the old owner will not like do the inspections or whatever. He's like, no, you got to buy it at, you're buying it as is whatever, whatever the conditions of the stadium. Red flag, red flag, red flag. So that there's a whole legal thing about that. The sale ends up finally going through in uh, 1998, I believe. So there's that whole little trauma. But so from 1994 to 2001, the New York Islanders do not make a single appearance in the playoffs. Oof. And that is the heavyweights curse of the New York Islanders T- team of the future. Heavyweights. Cur- I love that. Just they ruined 
they ruined the Islanders. I'm I'm blaming Roger what? and I'm blaming Stephen Brill. Weren't the weren't the Islanders the ones that I forgot existed? Wasn't that like early in the podcast? No, that was the Oilers. Oh, was same Oilers. thing. It's not not the same. That's Ed, Edmonton and and Long Island, New Yorker, two vastly different cities. He's you vastly. say tomato, I say tomato. Again. <laughs> this is that potato potato argument all over again, Brandon. Yeah. But okay, but so, so but, but but Roger, so Roger comes in, jinxes the New York Islanders, and then bounces. Oh. We never see Roger again. Gone. Yeah. Over and done with. And then then we're on our way to camp. And did, did you see uh, camp is in North Carolina? I did not. I was wondering yeah. where it was. North Carolina? Okay. Yeah. And I knew it was in the south um, when so they the, did. So they're, the, they're, they're, they're deep in the Appalachians then. Ex- exactly. Because I knew it was in the south because they were driving like when he did the fake out of going to the fast food. And you yeah. saw Bojangles there. Oh, that's right. That um, should have been a that should have been a dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. I yeah. love some some. We used to call it bohonglays. Um, you know, when <laughs> when we would go get a spicy chicken and yeah. before, before like I was old and had heartburn and all that stuff. Hangover cure. Oh, spicy yeah. chicken biscuit yeah, from Bojangles. Bojangles. Oh, I haven't had Bojangles burn. in probably like a year or so, but oh, it's fantastic. Great stuff. Great. Love some, One of the best fast foods out there for sure. Love some Bojangles breakfast. That'll just that'll just perk you right up in the morning. Oh, yeah. Those biscuits, dude. Day. Oh, great stuff. The, the best. All right. Hey, All right. Bo- Bo- Bojangles, sponsor the pod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll, I'll just have a thousand chicken biscuits. Um, <laughs> All right. So, um, so we're headed to camp. Oh, one of my favorite things that he he says to you when when he picks him up, Pat is like, uh, "I'm looking for a few portly adolescents." <laughs> <laughs> I got such a kick out of that when he yeah. said that to the kids. Uh, and they're all like, oh, Pat, you old so-and-so. All this fat. Fucking Pat, dude. Pat. So Pat's one of the counselors, and he's he's the OG counselor. He's been yeah. there since since day one, I bet. Yeah. 18, 18 years, I think is what he says. Yeah. He's been either going to the camp or being a counselor for 18 years. And so, and Pat's played by the, Tom McGowan is the actor who plays Tom. Yeah. Uh, uh, the other main counselor that lost all the weight too. That's really great. This oh, and he's wearing where... he's wearing the crop top jersey. Oh. Yeah, the Panthers. <laughs> that throwback Panthers jersey is awesome. And they're yeah. they're calling him like bony butt and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he lost weight and he's yeah. like T- oh. T- Tim. Tim's the Tim. name of that counselor. Yeah, yeah. played yeah. by P- Paul Feig. Um, uh, okay. But yeah, yeah, I did uh, that Carolina Panthers like crop top football jersey was the fucking best. Oh, God, and that's where dude, we're if, introduced if I, to the nurse too. If I, right? if I if I was that skinny or had any like resemblance of a six pack, I would be wearing crop tops all fucking day, oh, dude. Yeah, the the Ezekiel Elliott yeah. out there for the youths. You yeah. know, that's what that's what we're talking about. Uh, so, all right, so we're at camp, and I don't know if you have any other parts, but we get to one of my favorite parts when so what, they when go we're, to the when bunk. We're, one thing I want to point out when they're pulling into camp is they do the uh, they do the like the summer camp horror film uh, shot where when they're pulling into camp, there's some creepy dude standing at the entrance that's like, <laughs> "Don't go." <laughs> yeah. So so when they're pulling into the camp, it's Sims, I think, right? Yeah. Sims, so who's yeah, uh, Sims. he's he's got a weird ass like walking cane that he's carrying around, and he's just like wide eyed standing right in the right in front of the entrance, and it slows down all creepy. So yeah, nice little uh, homage to all the the summer camp horror films. Yeah, great, great stuff. Um, all right, so 
then we're introduced to the the can the bunks and i forget is it are they the chipmunk bunk? chipmunk chipmunk bunk um and so with that one we are introduced to goldberg and we see jerry say to goldberg oh hey you know i snuck a few oreos in for a little bit of a tasty treat and this is like i don't know why but i just love this part as a kid too and then goldberg's like chipmunks download now and they just start pulling candy out of freaking everywhere not just candy deli meats whole salamis out of their pants Wait, did you recognize Salami Sam? I'm pretty sure that's uh, Pugsley from the Adams Family movies. Salami Sam. I did not recognize Salami Sam. Now that you mentioned it, though, he does look like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure that's Pugsley from the Adams Family movies. But yeah, they start <laughs> downloading there. Um, the the British kid has like a jacket full of candy, and then the other kid like doubles down with the the briefcase full of candy. I yeah, thought yeah. that the, was the, great Br- too. the British kid fucking cracked me up. So the British kid, Nick Nicholas. <laughs> he he does he has quite a few scenes where he's like farting in people's faces. Yeah. There's one there's one scene where they're like in Tony's um uh bunk, right? They're in his his cabin. Yeah. And they're trying to find extra food or whatever and they they lose Nicholas and they're like, "Oh, where's Nicholas?" So Jerry goes back to try to find him yeah. and he comes into the room and I'm pretty sure Nicholas is sitting on the floor eating paint. <laughs> I think he's eating peanut butter. It looked like a paint. It looked like a paint can. Was it peanut butter? Peanut butter would make more sense, but it looked like a paint can. I don't think he was like an, like in Tommy Boy, the, the Chris Farley classic. He used to yeah. eat paint chips as a kid, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> it looked like a paint That's can. Nicholas was doing. He was eating paint chips. They, peanut butter sounds more appropriate. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention enough. But it, it looked like uh, it looked like a paint can, and I was like, "Is this motherfucker eating paint?" And what did you think about them licking the the melted chocolate? Dude, that was of, so gross. Oh, that was the oh, I, I, that was so, so I, bad. Then the, they that, pinned him down and all started like eating chocolate the, off that of scene. And then the the later on the party scene was real rough for me because I, I don't do, I don't do well with like food mess. It just <laughs> it it throws me off. Like I can't like that's why I I can never like introduce whipped cream into the bedroom because it's just it's just a it's a turn off. I can't do it. It's a hard no. No, no whipped cream and strawberries for you. No, I just, I just, I don't want that. I don't want any of that rubbed all over. I don't don't want that rubbed on my body. And then watching it being rubbed on other people's bodies is like my worst nightmare. I I was gagging. It was, it was rough to get through. Uh, All right. And so that's how they end (laughs) the download scene. And then it just quickly transitions to another part that was my favorite as a kid, which was the blob. Um, cause I was oh, yeah, yeah. like, I, I was pretty big as a kid too, but like, oh man, the blob looked so awesome. I never went to like summer camp or anything like this. Did you ever go to anything like this? I, I, I went to no. like basketball camps and stuff, but we never even like went overnight. Cause usually they were at like the college that was in my hometown. Yeah. So the only camps I did was like, uh, was like basketball or baseball camps, but yeah, those were all, yeah, just at the local whatever. And so they weren't overnight. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I never, I've never gotten to do the blob. I've always wanted to though. It, it oh looks man, like that a, looks, that looks like. Yeah. Did you ever watch fact. Fantasy Factory? Rob Dyrdek's thing. There, there's I never movie. watched it, but I know what you're talking about because they had all these like toys and stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, he he had a blob in his in his way, like the warehouse that he like worked <laughs> out of, and they would just and then they would like launch shit into the foam pit. Look, it was like a fucking blast. <laughs> uh, I mean, that stuff's fun. Yeah, yeah. There's there's nothing wrong with the blob. 
Bob's good times. It's like the it's like the trampoline place. We went and played dodgeball oh, yeah. one time. It was like a team builder, and I accidentally uh, someone ducked, and I uh, just smashed someone right in the face with one of those balls. Right when the other person ducked, it was it's not good. There were a couple of people that went down that day. Oh dear, the trampoline place. Uh, was it Jump Street? Is that what it was called? In in right by the office there in Denver, I think that's what it calls Centennial, yeah, yeah. right? I think those are all gone. There used to be a ton of those. Out, all, all like all there used to be like three or four Jump Streets all around, um, like Metro Denver. I think they're all gone now, though. Things are just yeah. I, I don't I don't know. I I don't know how they stay. I don't know how. I mean, you sign the waivers, right? But do you think there's just a million broken bones there? Ah, uh, I don't know. I think it'd be. Fun. I think I think. I think people got hurt less than you would think. Hmm. It's just a trampoline. I love trampolines. Yeah. Great stuff. I'll, I, say, I say that as somebody who's definitely broken a bone on a trampoline before. <laughs> this was not at one of the places. This is just like a normal trampoline in the backyard. Man, I broke yeah. a toe. Yeah, yeah. I broke my big toe. It, was, <laughs> it got huge. It was wild. Um, yeah. All right, cool. So that was one of mine. And then um, do, do you have anything in between there? And then because it because it kind of goes into one of my next favorite things, which is the intro to Tony Perkins. Yeah, so uh, the the intro to Tony Perkins where where you get the this, this is where they they had the the his parents announced or the the camp owners announced they're they're going into bankruptcy. This yeah, is that's where you get the high 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 that I hit you with a little prematurely yeah, yeah. at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, hit hit us with it again though. Give us a good high high high. Hi hi hiya. Yeah, so th- this thing's fantastic because you get the because the, the two uh, the, the the Steeler parents, the two camp owners, they come in. And they they break the news that they're they're going bankrupt. They have to they had to sell everything. They had to sell the camp, yeah. and um, they're like they start bawling. They start crying. It's a real sad affair. And then uh, <laughs> the great Jerry Stiller, yeah. I love I love Jerry Stiller so much, dude. It, like him uh, as Costanza's dad in Seinfeld. And then I don't know if you ever did you ever watch King of Queens? Yeah. Oh, he crushes as Arthur. Uh, yeah. Dude, that that's like my that's like my peak comedy is like old man screaming and yelling at everything. <laughs> I so I fucking love it so much. King of Queens so he, is underrated. It's a funny show. It's only good because of because of Jerry Stiller. The rest yeah. of it's hit or miss. But it, Arthur and his shenanigans are f- fantastic. Oh. <laughs> um. But so so <laughs> Jerry gives Jerry Stiller gives us a, a little bit of a taste of that when he starts describing why they're going into bankruptcy. Yeah. He goes into it, and so they're, they're, they they do they say goodbye or whatever, and they start walking away. And then Jerry <laughs> Jerry Stiller runs back to the microphone, picks it up, and goes, <laughs> "He goes, I got one piece of advice for you, kids. Okay, never let anyone sign your checks." And then he like drops the mic and runs away. <laughs> Gold. As is, I wrote that down. Honestly, too, as a honestly, fantastic fucking advice. Don't let other people sign your checks. It's just you're asking for trouble. Exactly. Like yes. people are permanently corrupted. Like there, there is no good a, person out there. There's a reason that like separation of duties and like controls in like a money situation exists. It's to, to prevent that kind of those kind of shenanigans. If if they're your checks, you sign them. Nobody else. Exactly. Save yourself. Yes. Never let anyone sign your checks. Don't put that on a t-shirt. Well, well, I mean, there's, you know, that's a better, better cash. Keep cashing those checks. I don't fucking know. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> <Shit. laughs> 
But so, but so, so, so then per- Perkis comes into the so okay, after, Lars after, is introducing Tony. We get the the music comes down and his intro is fan fucking fantastic. Uh, Do you? Uh, I don't have it written down. I, I don't I have. have I don't have the whole thing written down, but I have one line which I'm stealing and I'm using as like my my Instagram bio and like okay. my LinkedIn bio. I'm putting okay. that. I'm stealing this. His line is where'd he go? Let me get, pull it up here. So his line is. Uh, before, as he's introducing, as, as he's introducing him, he's like, everybody, please welcome entrepreneur, motivator, and your new friend, Tony Burgess. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. So that's, that's, I'm put, that's in my LinkedIn bio. That's, that's going in right now. LinkedIn and Instagram. Those are, that's my new bio. And entrepreneur, motivator, and your new friend. Brandon. Wow. <laughs> I, I actually love that. That's a, that's a winner right there. Yeah. And then he, and then Bensler comes out and he crushes like, like picture perfect motivational like speaker parody. He fucking crushes it. Oh. Like it's so goddamn good. Can I tell you my highlight from the speech? Yes. <laughs> so <clears throat> this is the greatest thing from that speech too. He goes, "Being an only child and educated by private tutors my whole life, I look forward to interacting with children for the first time." <laughs> And then he goes, I'm crying. Oh, it's so good. And then he says something like, uh, like I plan on teaching you guys a lot about life. And I'm pretty sure you guys will teach me a thing or two as well. Yes. And then he says, I eat success for breakfast with skim milk. And we're going to get that fat out of here, mister. (laughs) It's It's just so good. So, oh so my good. God, Ben Stiller just brought the absolute heat to this movie from he, beginning she, to end. Oh, he just, legitimately, and I, I know I've, I say, I've said this, I think, in every single movie we've talked about, but he legitimately should have won an Academy Award for this. <laughs> it was just so good. It was so good. It was so believable. Like you all felt like he could have existed in real life. No. So there, there's times because I remember watching this movie as as a kid, like when it first came out. And there's there's a couple scenes where I can remember like the feeling of like like dread and um like uneasiness. You yeah. know, like like I remember watching a couple scenes and being like, oh, this dude's a legitimate psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> as like, like as a kid, like as like a six year old kid watching this movie, being like, oh no, this dude's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. When he when he runs back down the aisle when he leaves and <laughs> like with his yeah. hands up for high fives and no one gives no one. him a high five and uh, Sims I think is crying. Oh. Yeah. Well, there's there's that the, the other scenes where he like I legitimately like got uneasy when I watched it as a kid was like when he when they're in the mountains, uh, the Appalachians and he's uh. Oh my he, gosh! He, he jumps off, jumps off the cliff onto the branch, and then just starts doing pull-ups. Or when he yeah. at, at the end, when he's grabbing glass, smashing <laughs> it, and then walking on. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is just great stuff. He seduces the kid with a kiss. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. oh my gosh, that's um. So and then um, do you want to talk about the weigh-ins? Because both weigh-ins were were great. The first one where um. Like uh, the where he he has the name tags for everyone, Gerald yeah, Garner. Not name tags. He has laminated ID cards that yeah, Lars Lars hands him, where he cycles through, <laughs> matches the picture to the kid, and he's like, "Okay, Jerry, this is Jerry." Gerald Garner, 
<laughs> Overweight, 141 pounds. <laughs> Yeah, the way the, the first way in where he's got the ID cards are great. The second way in when everybody is is fatter than they were when they started. Uh is oh. so good. So the first one I love it when he's is like, it, is it, congrats, is it you're the fattest kid in camp. And he's like doing this. <laughs> the kid like is like fattest kid in camp. And they're all yeah. like celebrating and he gets so mad. Um, and then I also like in the second one when he he keeps like um, okay, roll the camera. And like he starts running. He's like, Oh, I wasn't rolling yet. And he's like, What the hell? Okay, are you rolling now? Well, then, so the, the, the camera guy. And then the he keeps, he keeps the camera cutting it, right? Like, cut the cut the camera well, yeah the camera guy's great when he when he's like uh when he starts running and then uh the camera guy's oh no I'm, I'm not rolling yet and he goes oh well okay we'll retake this so he goes back and he's like right he's just standing there waiting to run and the camera guy says speed yeah and then ben stiller goes wait does that mean you're rolling so yeah 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 what? how does that mean you're rolling yeah. <laughs> say speed oh i that was i i love that and how he just he kept being like, okay, cut. cut <laughs> like cut the camera. Cut the camera. Gold- Goldberg like literally gets on the, the scale. Hey, He's like, kicks him off right away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Garner he gained nine pounds. The Perkins system doesn't work with cheaters. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And then and then he um and then he pulls himself away. And oh, the, the like, little the little Tony talk. Yeah, how are you little- doing, little Tony? bad because everything's falling apart and i can't do anything about it it's not my fault it's their fault it's their fault and you will pay (laughs) that's the best part at the end when he's like it's not my fault no it's not my fault it's their fault it's their fault (laughs) yeah oh my gosh and then he makes him that's where he's like they're going for the 20 mile hike oh my god that's when it it loses it and they go they go deep into the appalachians yeah and and he starts that's 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 the tipping point you know yeah and that's where uh goldberg does to sit up oh and he, he farts in his face so there's there's one thing on the so on the hike they're they're doing the 20 mile hike right and they're walking up they're walking up this giant hill uh portion of it and ben stiller goes into this this fucking like motivational rant about uh about icarus um and he starts talking about uh he can he it, what he ends up doing for people uh not familiar with uh greek mythology icarus is the myth where icarus has wings but he flies too close to the sun and then his wings melt and so then he can't fly anymore yep. there's also a myth uh the myth of sisyphus where sisyphus is rolling a boulder up a hill only for when he gets to the top it rolls all the way back down and then he has to do it again for all eternity so in his little motivational speech, he crosses these these two myths, and he talks about how Icarus was rolling the boulder up the hill, and then when he got to the top of the hill, it was too close to the sun, so the boulder melted. <laughs> oh, I just I love everything about that was about that the... was my that was probably my favorite fucking thing was him like messing up those fucking Greek myths. Oh my gosh! It's like and... what what what's the moral of that story? Tony, what's the? There's no moral to that story. You're just rolling uh, it up a hill and then it melts at the top. It just like it shows what a psycho <laughs> he is. It's so good. And and this is before um, where where they're like doing the montage where Tony is making their lives miserable. It's one of my another one of my favorite quotes where he goes, he's on like the uh, the speaker for the announcements for the camp, and he's like, "Attention campers, lunch has been canceled due to lack of hustle." 
deal with it. Yeah, that's great. Oh my god, yeah. that's so the, that, that's, that's another thing I, I I wanted to bring up is the the speaker like the the loudspeaker the PA, the PA announcer for some for like summer camp movies yeah. and summer camps that and then uh they, they there was always a trope they had whenever like if it was a ski or a snowboard movie there was always the the PA announcer at the mountain yeah. when I was growing up I, that was my dream job I wanted to be like the PA announcer at like a mountain like nice. like copper mountain and just oh, uh, that was that. my dream job yeah it's so <laughs> ridiculous yeah. oh, because man, they always know just... like uh uh, wet hot American summer, which is a, a thing we'll definitely talk about uh, uh, sooner or later. Yeah, we'll have to do that movie sooner um, or later with Connie in it for sure. Yeah, but the the, the, the PA announcer there, they it's it's a trope in all these kind of movies where the PA announcer knows everything about everything. Yeah, you know, and so the wet hot American summer they play that too. Do you ever watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah. My favorite It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is when they go on the mountain and then there's the PA announcer that's like narrating everything for them. It's the greatest. Oh, it's the it's their best episode. Nice. Uh, and then the, so that the PA announcer is just like narrating everything. And Charlie's like, how does he know? How does he know my name? And then they always just whenever anything weird happens, they always just go, well, it's different here on the mountain. <laughs> Uh, I I love but that. Was, it, that was little Brandon's dream job was to be the the PA announcer at a, either a mountain or a summer camp. You know, you can still you can still achieve that goal, Brandon. I mean, that's know? essentially what we're doing right now. Podcast. That's true. You know, that's true. We're just <laughs> we're just potting it up instead. Yep. Finally, <laughs> finally, finally achieved the dream. <laughs> and so the but the conclusion of the hike is they kidnap Tony. Um, and not as, only do they kidnap Tony, they trap him like a fucking bear. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it is. I I love it's it. A, it's a miracle. He honestly, it's a miracle he survived that fall. So so I so for, I don't know how they transported him from the the pit uh, yeah, to I don't, I, the a, I don't, barn without. So a, there, there's a lot know. of plot holes here. A, I don't know how they built that trap or when they built that trap. Yeah. Uh, B, I don't know how they transported him. From the trap to the cage to the electrified cage. Yeah, in the these barn. kids, these kids should be in jail. It's a miracle <laughs> Tony didn't die. It's, I, he, and he, I, honest, honestly, it's a it's it's a legit miracle he survived that trap fall because that was a good fucking ten foot hole. What about the when they have the parents' day and they show the video of like like they show the real footage of him being a psycho and basically torturing <laughs> their kids, but then they no have the kids you. no they, yeah they have the kids eat, eating a fake rat oh, yeah. ridiculous um, oh God. But that, then, that fall and then and then to put him into the the the, the electrified cage these kids should be in jail oh my God. That was just absolutely great stuff. But the, and then, but then, yeah, it then was, they have a huge party, which was your worst nightmare. I thought it was great. Just oh, pizzas and the candy worst. everywhere. It's, it's just the ultimate food party. Just dumping bonfire. chocolate syrup all over their bodies. Uh, uh, food get fight, out of here. Brandon. Get out food of here. Food fight. Uh, food fights are my my nightmare. I fucking hate food fights. Yeah, but then they actually start like coming around and they start trying to get fit. They fix up the go-kart by stealing mm-hmm. the motor off of MVP's boat, which is off of the fucking theft, boat, right? Like it's, Th- it's uh, theft. And also I that motor would tear that go-kart apart. Yeah, and that's <laughs> and that's fine. But that's that's what they they start building the go-kart, you know, Jerry and Pat are bonding. That's it's it's all coming around. It's all building up 
for well, but and and you know we the the, out, the Apache relay race. Yeah, exactly. And, and parents and, weekend. Parents weekend, and we. So my out, my my question for you, Heath. Yeah. So so he's in the electrified cage. They're doing this montage where they're learning how to cook. They're learning how to eat better. They're going on hikes. They're rebuilding go karts. Yeah. Conservatively, how long is Ben Stiller, aka Tony Perkis, in that electrified cage? I would say like two to three days. Two to three days? Yeah. I don't think I was, it just... I was I was thinking weeks. No way. Camp is like probably what, like six weeks tops. And they've probably already had like four weeks prior to that, at least. I don't know if they lasted four weeks. And and um can't you know, parents night, parents weekend is the last weekend to camp. And so um, you know, that's that's so the you're, very you're, end. So, Okay. I'm saying Tony's in that cage I, I, a week tops. That's a week too long, first of all. <laughs> well, I agree, but then, you know, they, they gave him food and water. It was it was about like what he was doing with the kids. At least they weren't restricting his food and water. He was in a, he's in an electrified cage. <laughs> and they were restricting no, they were restricting his food and water because they were they they mentioned that they were gonna do that. They were gonna give him what he did, and then not only that, they're they're psychologically torturing him by playing the fucking stereo messages where they're, they're telling him how small his wiener is. I, I, this is some, uh, that's some North Korea like fucking uh, torture bullshit. But that's that's what what that it, These kids should be war criminals. Heath. That's but that's what Tony did with them. Remember, he would wake them up with his morning announcements. Yeah, his, he, but he's not insulting anybody. He's play, <laughs> he's playing Enya and then telling them what they're gonna do for the day. That's not, that's not um, psychologically torturing him by playing that message. I, that message they play. That Jerry records when he goes, today we're talking about worth, Tony. Do you have any? No, you don't, because your wiener's so skinny. <laughs> fucking... <laughs> we all know there's so nothing worse than a nice. skinny wiener, Brandon. Come on, man. I mean, that, that that's the only thing that defines your worth, Heath. If you, <laughs> yeah. you know. I, um, I also love how he he breaks it out be by duping the, the British kid yeah. with the with the kiss. And then he it's go, not, well, he, it's not even a real kiss. You, you you saw what he did, right? Yeah, yeah. He yeah, just took the tin foil from the the potato. Yeah, and made it look like a kiss. But yeah, I yeah. love how fucking his Nicholas, en- what an idiot! His entrance into the the room it's with through, the parents, the roof. Yeah, he, the- he climbs up through the roof window and is like perched up there before he like jumps down. He's like does the slow clap to enter. Great <laughs> cinema production. I know yeah. that's not what he says, but oh my god, that's. And then he does like all the backflips and takes himself out into the wall. Yeah. Um, and then he, he starts gives, smashing glass and stuff. Um, yeah. When he smashes the glass yeah. to step on it before he's, he's dad punches him. He's, oh. a, he's a psychotic person, no doubt. Yeah. But are that the electrified cage, the trap in the electrified cage, these kids are no better. You know, <laughs> these kids should be war criminals. That's against the Geneva Convention, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it was real, it, once they put him in the flies yeah. type of scenario. Once they yeah. put him in the the like the electrified cage, I have in my notes. I wrote down. I don't think I don't know if Tony's the bad guy in this movie anymore. <laughs> oh no, come think. on! No, this is this is a real Lord of the Flies scenario where the the kids just did what they felt was necessary to get you, the job done. Okay, but do you remember the the underlying message of Lord of the Flies? It's that you shouldn't do that. For the greater good, Brandon. 
right. All right. But and and so we can we can probably kind of start wrapping this up because after that happens, um, they're getting ready to close the camp, and Ben Stiller playing his own father um ends up being <laughs> that like was, yeah, that was great. Yeah, you know, Pat, you can just take it. Just it do makes, it. Just do he it. He makes the kids call him Papa. <laughs> yeah, he makes the kids call him Papa. <laughs> um, and he makes fun of his own kid. He's like, I can put I gave him everything. And he yeah. acts like this. You think you needed a hug or something. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Uh, but then but then Pat takes over because he's been there the longest. And then they're gearing yeah, 18 up years. 18 for the big years. Apache relay, which they um so which I, they they planted questions that they knew and all that you know like the whole history section i feel like they maybe kind of cheated that part a little bit but that's fine you know it was yeah the 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 hall of knowledge what was it called the hall of whatever yeah the hall of Um, knowledge yeah that seems sketchy also i i i'm was also confused at how the camp mvp people got through the hall of knowledge was there like a time limit to where like if if you if you didn't know the answer. You just had to wait like twenty minutes, and then you could go on to the next one. Yeah, hey, to have been. Or yeah, like otherwise, that, a friend. That, otherwise, that kid's that kid's not answering any of those questions. He's not yeah. getting through that. Yeah. Same with like the kid <laughs> that was trying to shave with Goldberg. You know, <laughs> like that. That, but it was just you know, it was a real nice come from behind story. You know, it was really epic when at the end the, Jerry the, the go kart scene at the end is pretty tight when he launch, when he jumps a go kart with a go kart. Oh, and is that was. And, and that's where Jerry, you know, became the leader of the camp. He flew that go-kart over MVP. What is, what is he boom. saying? What's his quote about go-karts in the, in the middle? Um, like when they're, when they're all sad still, cause Tony's in, in charge. Uh, Pat, Pat like pushes him around. Yeah. He, he asks him, why do you like go-karts so much? And he says, and uh, Jerry says, oh, cause, cause I'm not fast and they're real fast. There's some stupid <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> so uh, I just, I just, just want to go fast. Yeah, and then uh, and then it ends with Pat taking the trophy and being like, "What this trophy? We don't need trophies!" and throws it into yeah. the lake. You know, just the message that they that all they needed was that bond. You know, that friendship, just that team, self confidence. That's all you need. Yeah. You don't need a you don't need a trophy. Yeah, you know. Just I did. I do have some thoughts about the 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 incredibly racist Apache relay race, though, and the the theme of it all because you had the whole. Holland- you had the hollow knowledge, you had the, the second race, but so they it's the Apache relay race. They are all dressed up as Native Americans, incredibly in, insensitive depictions of Native Americans. Yeah, yeah. But Camp MVP is dressed in togas, Greek togas, yeah. which doesn't make any sense because you know, usually well, the, the Greeks aren't battling the Native Americans. You would, I mean, if it's history. called the if it's called the Apache Apache relay race, you would think all of them would be dressed as, as native Americans or maybe camp MVP would be cowboys, but Greek Greeks and togas or that, that seemed weird. That seemed out out of, that seemed like an oversight. And, and they could have just called it, you know, the, the relay race or the camp. Yeah. I don't know why they call it Apache. Uh, Yeah. I think that was just, uh, that was just the mid nineties and being incredible and being incredibly insensitive to everybody. Yeah. No, no one cared about anyone's feelings. Like you just, listen, you had to worry about yourself. And if you got hurt feelings about slight things, you were in for a world of hurt for the rest of middle school, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That whole, that whole, the whole theme of that race made absolutely no sense. You just call it a relay race. Um, and it was the weirdest relay race ever. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah. It was like it was a, it was a, a potato sack race. Then it was. Then there was like agility race that there was no way any of the kids from Camp Hope could have ever completed. Just like, you know, just like the MVP kids couldn't get through the Hall of Knowledge. <laughs> Some of the, like the, the it required like pull-ups and stuff. Like those kids yeah. aren't doing pull-ups. Come on. No, yeah. You know, they, then, it, it was, then, it, then it ends with go-karts. Yeah. And then it ends with go-karts, <laughs> which super dope ending. But um, that relay race just sure was a hot mess. Yeah. Another thing, another thing that just popped in my head that I want to point out about, about Tony Perkis is so they, in addition to the, the relay race in the middle of the movie, they have a softball game with, oh, yeah. uh, with camp MVP, and which is a total disaster. Too. You, There's yeah. some great moments there. Like camp, when the, camp when the MVP, kid swings and then hits himself in the back of the yeah. head with the bat. Great. Anyways, camp, camp MVP, if I'm not mistaken, is a baseball summer camp. Yeah. And they, they're going to play them in softball. Yeah. A bunch of fat kids playing like legitimate baseball players. It's like, like it's gonna end terrible. But my favorite part though is when um Terry is, is it Terry or Tim? Who's the other counselor? Tim Tim Tim. When yeah. Tim is talking to Tony Perkis, um, like pleading him not to go through with this softball game, yeah. and Ben Stiller hops off his bike like puts it onto his shoulders he's uh, curling it too curling it and then puts yeah. it onto his shoulders and then starts running because <laughs> yes. he runs up the stairs <laughs> yeah but uh, he keeps running uh, even if he's down yeah. when he's when he's past the stairs uh, he keeps running i don't know he probably ran a good mile with the with the bike on his <laughs> on his back and then oh that reminds me too that <laughs> the scene where they're sneaking into his cabin in the morning and um, they so they're in his cabin. They're looking for snacks or whatever, and it, spl- it intersplices with Tony's like morning run. His morning oh. run is insane. It is awesome. He's like picking up logs, yes. <laughs> and he's like getting in Pat's face about it yeah. too when he's when Pat is raking. Oh, yeah, that is great. And we also have to point out that Ben Stiller reprised this role for dodgeball. Like, well, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that because it's technically not a reprise because they're they're technically two different characters. Technically, but they're heavily, heavy, heavy crossover. If heavy you crossover. will watch, if you watch heavyweights and dodgeball back to back, side by side, you would think it was the same character. Yeah. What, what's what's his name in dodgeball? Good, I Seth, I Seth, Seth Goodman, something Goodman, right? I think it's Goodman. Yeah, I'd have to pull it up. But, but, but yeah, he but basically te- te- technically not the same character, but I mean, you know, 99% the same. Like just like you said, 99% the it's uh oh uh white goodman. White goodman, that's what it is. I knew yeah. it was goodman. Because isn't the I'm I'm blanking on the deleted scene, but there's like an after credit scene on heavyweights where he's like super fat or something, isn't he? Or is the that ap- no? So, so the after credit scene in Heavyweights, he's uh, he's selling crystals door to door. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. That's <laughs> but right. the the after credit scene in Dodgeball, he's yeah, super he's, fat. he's super fat uh, and yelling at the TV. See, the yeah. characters are so similar that I forgot which after credit was which. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the the after credit of him uh, selling fucking crystals door to door was great. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. 
In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. A quick message from our friends at Broken Forest Collective. Built on a passion for small batch and handcrafted products, Broken Forest provides high-quality casual wear and lifestyle goods that are American-made and built to outlast the fast fashion trends. They also plant a tree in Boulder, Colorado for every product sold. Visit brokenforestco.com and use the code CAKEEATERS15 for 15% off your order. And that pretty much wraps up. I mean, that was a really solid movie super underrated right like don't you think it's underrated right now where like not as many people know about it as they should yeah yeah i think it it gets lost in the in the 90s like kids movies um it's yeah it's fantastic it's fantastic and uh like like i said ben stiller fucking crushes it like he i and i mean this from the bottom of my heart he should have won an academy award it's it's an epic epic best, best supporting actor (laughs) <laughs> I loved it. I loved everything about this this movie. It was a great and once again, like the the ties to the mighty ducks in this movie, it's just so extremely crystal clear, right? Where you've got the characters, it's the same writer. It kind of has mm-hmm. like a similar similar feel, tone, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the the tone of the movie feels very similar. The humor feels very similar. Um so so, so. I'm looking up the Academy Awards, right? So, so this came out in '95, so it would have been eligible for the 1996 Academy Awards, correct? Yeah, yep. So, I'm looking at the 1996 Academy Awards Best Supporting Actor. The winner was Kevin Spacey in The Usual Suspects. Great movie, solid performance. Yeah, I would have voted for Ben Stiller in Heavyweights over that. I think he would, I think he crushes this. I think. And especially, so? especially now that we know everything we know about Kevin Spacey, we strip this award and we give it to Ben Stiller, right? Wait, wait. Before I, has Ben Stiller done anything terrible before? before I, I don't think so. I, I think I don't I, think I, he's I, been canceled. Yet. I haven't heard anything about it, but I also am not the most up to date on this stuff. So he could have. If it, 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 I'm hoping he hasn't. But Kevin Spacey, I know for sure, is is a weirdo and a and a and a and a, and a predator and a whatever you want to call it. Not um, a good so, person. So let's strip. This this award for best supporting actor, give it to Ben Stiller. You know what? I'm 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 just I'm gonna do it on behalf of the Academy. It's it's done. It's it's done. <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. We'll 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 reach out to Ben Stiller's people. See if we can get him on. I'm just gonna send him the award. He, he doesn't. I mean, if he wants to come on the pod, that would be fantastic. But he doesn't need to. I'll just send him, I'll send him the award. Um. Do we do we have we need to come up with like a like a cake eaters grading scale for these movies like of like different kinds of cake like if a movie really sucks it's like birthday sheet cake from from Walmart Ooh. and if it's awesome it's like gourmet good idea. velvet cake or something like that that's what we need to do you know so should this, we do it like this movie is like cake, a nice angel food style cake. Yeah, it could be cake style. What about a nice angel food cake? Should we, or should we, or should we just give them like one out of five cakes? You know. Oh, we what could do, you, do. What do you think would be best? I, I mean, out of out of five cakes, I would give okay. this one probably four. Yeah, potentially four out of five. I think five cakes. cakes will be easier to under. 
it'll be easier to understand than doing it like based on style of cake, you know? Yeah, because that makes subjective. no fucking sense. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so, so, you know, yeah, so, like so I would many, give yeah. I would give heavyweights four out of five cakes because it's a great movie, but it's not perfect. I would go. I'm gonna go. Th- because I'm gonna go decimals. I'm not. I'm gonna. You can. You can have half a cake. You know. So you so three go and a half three cakes? Se- I'm going three point seven cakes at a out of five for heavyweights. All right. You know. What What about uh? So so now we got to retroactively do this. What about Love Always Santa? What's your What's your cake rating for Love Always Santa? Cake rating for Love Always Santa is probably two out of five cakes it was a great hallmark movie but comparatively to all other movies out there it left a lot to be desired i feel you on that so i'm for love always santa i'm gonna go right down the middle i'm gonna go two and a half out of five two and a half cakes. okay you're gonna 50 percent just straight just straight down the middle yeah yeah perfect a perfect Middle of the road score. Not good. Not now. Great. Okay. What about what about un? Yeah. What about Untold? Oh uh, man, I last love. What, what do you give that one? I love that Untold documentary. Uh, man, that might be that might be like another like a four point four point one cakes out of five. Four point one. Ooh. Okay. Well, I, no, for, maybe maybe like a three point, probably like a three point five cakes out of five. Okay, I'll say I, I I'm gonna do like three point three cakes. I I'm always you know I always like I think everyone tries really hard and they put their best foot forward. So I always you know err on the side of more than less. What about the what about the flying V thirty for thirty? What are you giving that one? It was like a, I'll say like what you did a two point five out of five cakes for the flying V. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna give uh I'm gonna give it like a uh I'll give it a two. But yeah, so that's heavyweights. Heavyweights was uh solid again. Ben Stiller should be should have an Academy Award, best supporting actor. Tony Perkis, probably one of the greatest characters ever, I would say. It's, it's a fun movie, and it is worth all hour and 38 minutes that you will spend watching it. It's, yes, yes. It's time well spent. That's for it, sure. It's, it's not super long. It's 90, just over 90 minutes, 98 yep. minutes, right? Yep, 98 minutes. Real quick. Hop on Disney Plus. Get it going. Put it on for the kiddos. <laughs> yeah, if you're well, a kiddo, just enjoy it. Yeah. Um, again, it's a lot PG. Of, again, a lot of uh, PG, but again, a lot of the jokes are not, uh, not time... Uh, you know, not 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 PC really. So I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd throw this on for for my kid. It's, it's fine. I watched it as a kid. Just don't call other kids fatties, and then you won't get in trouble at school. I don't know. Uh, it's just like, it's like it's just like swear words. You know, like you hear "fuck" in a movie, you don't say it. School the next day, if you do, you get in trouble. I don't know. Maybe I, it's different. I, I always watch always, Showtime and HBO. I always said it. He's. And you, you, you saying you you watched it is not a not a ringing endorsement, Heath. I don't know if we want we want a ton of Heaths running around here. I, I there, there was a, there were some crazy fucking jokes though in this. This I forgot to talk about my my, my favorite uh, nonsense joke is when they're at the '90s dance with the girls. Yeah. And one of the girl, it's it's like nobody's dancing with each other because it's you know middle school eleven year old dance. But so it, it goes to uh, a couple of the girls, and one of them goes, 
uh, why can't these boys just lose weight? And then the other girl goes, how about you go teach them how to throw up after your meal like you? Whoa. I was like, damn, dude. Dicey. Damn. Fucking throwing shots over here. I love Oof. that. I mean, it's not nice, but man, they just, they pushed the envelope. They did. They, <laughs> they Stephen Brill went for it, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so anyways. Yeah, highly great, recommend. Great, great movie. Yeah. Four, four out of five cakes for me, just because it's, it's funny. It's, it's a great one to, to watch. And, especially and especially if you, that. if you like the Mighty Ducks movies, then you'll love exactly. this. Yeah, so, exactly. Same writer, same director, fan, right down your alley. This is this is yeah, exactly this is for you. Yes, absolutely. Watch D one, watch Heavyweights, and then watch D two. It's almost like it, it'll be like Keenan and Goldberg met at Fat Camp and then <laughs> and, and lost some weight for for the I Junior Olympics. <laughs> I would have loved it if they would have kept the same, like made this like part of like the Mighty Ducks <laughs> cinematic universe where they had the Car- same characters. Carp and Keenan great. and Goldberg. Oh, yeah. Hey, quack quack quack. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Please remember to follow and like us on Instagram at the Cake Eaters Pod, on Twitter at the Cake Eaters. Also, reach out to us via email, thecakeeaterspod at gmail.com, or visit our website, thecakeeaterspod.com. <laughs>